Then Jesus realized, I know you don't can bow on it as it is written. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's cloak. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things for him. Therefore, the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of his tomb and raised him from the dead bore witness. For this reason, the people also met him, because they heard that he had done this sign. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, You see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. These two passages are very profound because we see here that number one, um, there was a plot to kill Jesus and also to pl- a plot to kill what Jesus did. For what did Jesus do in this text that they was also plotting to kill? What happened? <coughs> Lazarus, exactly. And so we see here that when you're in the will, there will be people try to kill. And what I mean by that, they may not try to kill you, but these demons, these individuals that are submitted to it knowingly or unknowingly are endeavoring to kill the will of God in your life. Jesus was becoming so popular at this point. To the point to where uh, uh, these people were afraid. Why were they afraid? The Pharisees, the Sadducees, why were they afraid to see Jesus be who he was in his fullness? Why were they afraid? I believe it says in verse. uh, It says in verse. uh, They said, I forgot where it is in the verse, but it talks about how they were afraid of their job security. What they were saying was if Jesus becomes who he is or says he's going to be, then they was afraid that Rome was going to come in and disrupt everything. And so they said, why? Why let the whole country? Excuse me. Why allow the whole country um, to perish when we just let one man perish? And this kind of motivates us to say, you know, if there is no resistance, then then am I going in the right direction? How many people in here, you can raise your hand if you're not, don't worry about it either. But how many of you all felt like when I started walking with God, that's where I felt the most resistance? When I started walking, pursuing the things of God, I felt the most resistance. You start reading your Bible, you start praying more, you start actually being creative and you start pursuing your ideas and dreams. And all of a sudden, these, these, this resistance occurred. That's what happens. That's why there's a lot of invisible and visible things that's going to try to kill God's will in your life. What are some invisible things that tries to kill the will? What are some invisible things that tries to kill the will of God in your life? Emotions. And how does emotions are formed as a weapon to kill our will or his will in our will? To will to do good. That's right. So say that first part again. I'm sorry. Operating. So why why are emotions the worst thing to make decisions off of? Because consistent. And what's consistent? That's the opposite of emotions. What is what is the what is more cons- what what is the opposite of an emotion or emotions that proves to be the most consistent? <clears throat> they say an emotional person is this way, but what's the opposite of an emotional person? It starts with L. Logical. Truth. Truth doesn't change. But triggers can cause me to change. What are some triggers that will trigger people emotionally that can get them off their focus? Pain. 
Yeah, so obstacles, things get in the way. What else? What are some other triggers? A bad parent, yep. What else? <laughs> Last one. Other things that could trigger you to get you emotional. Thoughts. So we got thoughts, financial troubles we talked about. I forgot what other ones y'all said, but emotions, they just indicators of a present mood. So I'm sad because something made me sad. I'm mad because something made me mad. Instead of investing in the emotion, I got to invest if I should be sad or mad. Right. And the thing is, if, if I'm emotional or easily triggered, then the enemy can come through those triggers to kill the will. What are some daily wills that we should be willing ourselves to do? What are some daily things that we should be doing every day that should be a part of our will for our lives? Pray. Pray. Why is praying every day essential? They say if you go seven days without prayer, it makes one week. It's a, double, it's a play on words. It makes one week. Because prayer... And I think we lose, and it's crazy if we're really honest, we look at all of our Christendom or Christian lives, right? Our walk with God, we rarely pray. We rarely, we'll talk hours on the phone, we'll talk hours with friends, we'll do whatever, whatever for hours. But when it comes to our power, we don't spend an hour. And imagine what the devil's objective is. He wants to devour your power of prayer because he knows if I devour it, then I can get to killing the will. Because how will I know God's will if I'm not sensitive to him? How does one become sensitive to God? I know I'm going through all these different layers, but we'll come back to the top. But why is it important, two questions, why is it important to be sensitive to God, and how do we become sensitive to God? And then someone remind me where we, where we at, because <laughs> we, we're, we're going down a path right now. I'm just Yeah, so two questions. We're pretty far. We're we, we about five feet under right now. So why is it important? What was my two questions? Why is it important to be sensitive to God and what helps us to become sensitive to him? Or what does it mean to be sensitive? I think sensitive has had a bad definition over the years. Like, oh, he's sensitive or he's emotional. She's sensitive. She's emotional. But what does it mean to be sensitive? To be tapped in. To be tapped in. What else? That's a good one. But what else? We're going to add to that. Yeah, sensitive. So what are some things that will... Say it again. Submissive, yeah. So what are some things that will help us be more sensitive to God? Say it one more time. Yeah, that's real. Mentors. Listening. What are some things that clouds our opportunity to listen? But what's some things... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Music, shows, friendships, all that kind of stuff. Sensitivity is important because we live in a multidimensional world. So I just can't just use my five senses. I have to use my sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth other senses. I have to use that discernment. I have to use that just because she looks good, just because he looks good, just because that looks good doesn't mean it is good, right? That I have to discern deeper. I have to be able to see. Is, is this a, a worth my attention, right? And so if not, 
I will be triggered emotionally and miss the logical aspect of it, realizing, hey, man, I got myself caught up in a whirlwind. That's why the Bible says we wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood. Why is wrestling against flesh and blood prove that you already lost? That's real. Anytime you find yourself mad at a person and you indulge in the situation even more, you've lost. The demons are sitting on the side chuckling, laughing, saying, we got another one. We got another one to be easily triggered by this or that, that they're unable to see logic. So it kills the will of God in them. What's another thing that kills the will? We'll do one more. That will kill the will of God in a person. We already talked about it. Listen, give me another one. Yes. <laughs> he said yes, yeah. What's another one? We said emotions. What's another thing that that will that is aimed or could be a weapon form to kill the will? I was still Yeah, it could be invisible. Oh yeah, we still invisible, and then we'll go to uh, invisible, then we'll go to visible. What's another invisible thing? I think you said it earlier. You said thoughts, right? Yeah, I didn't want to say it again. Oh, do it. Give me another one. Give me another one. You want to stay? We stay with thoughts. How does thoughts? <laughs> how does thoughts kill the will? You perceive it the wrong way. So, for instance, two all of us can look at the same thing and see it differently because we all have different upbringings. We all we all have different perspectives. We all had different experiences. So, for instance, you can look at this school. You can look at what's one thing we all share besides school? Because school, I don't want to talk about school. That we all see, but possibly could see differently. That we all see every day or every week. So just like each and every one of you all see this school every day, right? Right. So there could be what, what do we tend to see every day, but we all can have a different outlook on people. our skin color. That's a good one. I, I was, uh, like, I was uh, like, yeah. So let's stay with the school because there, there's a lot of mixed emotions about it. Right. So and then we'll go to the skin color. So when you look at the school, all of us go through the same doors and we all leave out the same doors feeling differently or feeling similarly. If that's the right way of putting it, right? So imagine if you always see this place as bad. Do you know in every bad situation there's something good? In every bad situation there's something good. So if your perspective and if your mindset is set on that I will always see the good, then you will always see the good. Wherever you have your mindset on, that's what you'll see. So if you always see the negative, if you always complain, then you won't see the, the thing we're supposed to see correctly, right? So imagine coming to school and say, you know what? I hate this and this and this about it. True. But what if I tap into the positives? Because one thing this school is going to teach you about structure and how rigorous it may be is that life is 10 times worse than this. Like, like, I, like I remember when I was in school here, man, I used to, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, this was Miss uh, Fox class and I used to sit, uh, right? Actually, one of these two chairs, I used to sit, right? And I will always leave my books like all of my belongings was all throughout the school. <laughs> like my book was in one class. Another book was another class. And then I, I had to jump from class to class to find my stuff. 
But one thing that I had to realize was, yo, I can't do that in life. <laughs> I, I just can't leave my wallet here, leave my keys there. I just can't, I just can't leave important documents everywhere. Like, like I, I, this place, I wish I saw it as an opportunity to say, okay, let me be more uh, 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 responsible of my items. Because I remember one time I was at the YMCA playing ball. I think I was, I think I was maybe 19 or 20 years old. And I just, I was dumb enough to leave my wallet and keys by the wall. <laughs> I was like, oh man, this dude, we'll be all right. But see, I was the only one in the gym when it started. And then all these players started coming in. I said, oh, we're going to pick up. And I forgot, I left my keys and wallet by the wall. Come to find out after I was hooping, I couldn't find my keys or wallet. And then I got, I was like, oh man, I don't got my keys. I'm going to watch someone, someone rob me. I said, God, look, man, just, just, I'm trying to get home. <laughs> this is my mama's car. You know what I'm saying? I got to pick up and work another hour. And, and I had about $100 in my wallet. And I was like, whatever. And then it was funny how these guys came in. It was like, you lost your wallet and your keys? Here's your stuff, man. None of my stuff was stolen. So something happened on the way to them doing about the whatever. They was like, I feel bad about this guy. We just hoop with this guy. And they gave him my wallet and keys. What I'm saying is like, man, yo, that, that's grace. That's mercy. But if I keep rehearsing this, I'll lose a lot more. Now, when you have a family, you can't just be bad in your management. So what I'm trying to say is that um, there's a lot that you can learn in places that you wish were burned. Like a lot of you is like, man, I wish I didn't have to go to school here. Cool. But while you here, make the most of it, because there's going to always be a situation where you say, man, um, you said what? No, no. Go ahead. Say it. Go ahead. That's right. And if you can't handle this place, then how are you gonna handle the next one? You said skin color. What What are some ways that people? We all have the same skin color, different shades, of course, but the same tone. How could that? How could people see their skin color differently? How could it affect them? Oppression. Huh? Oppression. And oppression. How does How does that affect? That's real. That's a lot of people that have that mentality. Like because I'm black, let me be victimized. Let me victimize myself. And, and, and we'll still, we still talk about an oppression that happened 400 some years ago, right? Or how many ever years ago? That's why it's important to have an outlook. Like, you know, one thing that taught me something, my dad was like, the reason why I can come to America and not be affected by racism, because everybody in Nigeria is black. <laughs> Our president's black. Our senator's black. Our Congress people are black. Everybody's black. So I would, he was raised seeing blackness as success. So when you grow up in a country where the dominant uh, uh, leadership is predominantly white, then all of a sudden you feel inferior when you're not inferior. And so imagine waking up every day and saying, hey, I am not a slave. I'm not oppressed. Um, that, that I can still succeed. And that's why a lot of people in our country today or people, they want, uh, 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 what's some things called? Reparations, they want all these different paybacks, but they're not paying themselves. Why expect someone to pay you when you're not in position to pay yourself? Each and every one of us have a gift. Each and every one have a talent that no oppressor can suppress. So we talked about things that try to kill our will. Let me get back to our story. So Jesus here was like, I had to dip out a little bit. He's like, man, I got to get out the way <laughs> because it's getting a little tense. And why do you think Jesus went away? Why? What's the main reason why he didn't press the envelope and he was like, I'm going to dip out? 
Why did Jesus dip? It wasn't his time. Jesus was strategic. Jesus knew, Jesus knew just, to, just enough to say, to say what he's supposed to say, but not say enough to get killed. Who else who was close to him said too much and got killed? John the Baptist. So we see two pictures of people. That's what you have to process as well. Like, that's why I'm the type of preacher that's like, I, I don't call out names. I don't, I don't, I don't get too deep in Illuminati talk or Boulay talk or Freemason talk. I don't get too much caught up in um, all these different talking points because if you poke the bear, like I'm just, they, they talking about Dylan Brooks when he anyway. But when you poke the bear, right? Beware. You see, like like if I just keep going out here and just being in business I shouldn't be in, right? Talking the talk that I wasn't supposed to talk, it can get me killed early. Following the will of God is, what's the greatest saying with that? It says, the will of God won't take you, will not take you, whereas grace won't keep you. So, for instance, if I'm in the will of God, I'm in the safest place ever. Do you know if the will of God was meant for you to be on the south side of Chicago, or the will of God was meant for you to be in the, the slums of whatever city, or the will of God is for you to be in the jungles of the Amazon, you know that's the safest place that you be at home? The will of God is the safest place to be. Now, the will of God has multiple layers. See, people look at the will of God based upon position. Hold on. They look at the uh, will of God based upon place. But the will of God is also based on position. And it's also uh, uh, will of God is based upon perspective. I'm thinking of a bunch of P words. We'll start with those three. People think the will of God is about a place. Oh, I just can't wait to be. It must be God's will for me to be in Florida. It must be God's will for me to be in this area. I can't wait to get to the physical place of God's will. But there's a will of God for my position. If I don't handle the will of God for my position, I won't be able to function the will of God in my place. What position do I hold as a person? Just look at me. What positions do I hold as a person? Roles, positions, all that kind of stuff. I'm a man. <laughs> I was like, well, y'all confused? I don't think, I think I'm a, I'm a trend. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm a man. What else am I? A father. A husband. A son. Teacher. Son. Son. Author. Who? Preacher. I next to you. Huh? So think about this. All these positions have a will. I hold the position of man. So now I got to ask myself, because what are some of the places I want to be? I want to be uh, a multimillionaire. I want to be um, a, a, a solid family, a, 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 a continuous family man. I want to be... Uh, just base those things, right? I want to be a solid man of God. Like I want, I want to be in these places one day, where where it is proven that this man has been consistent. I don't want to be like, oh, he started off well, but then he got caught up in a scandal, or or he 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 made some money, but he lost his money, or oh, he was a good family man for the first five six years, and he lost his family. There's a place I want to be, 
And it's the will of God for me to be in those places. The will of God wants me to live a, genera a generational wealth for my family. The will of God wants me to have a strong family. The will of God wants me um, to be a man of God. All those places, he don't mind taking me. But he has to take a better me. So now the will of God, before you answer these questions about the will of God for me to play, I, ho I hope the will of God is for me to play in the NFL. Hope the will of God for me to play in the NBA. Hope the will of God is to have my own art studio. I pray the will of God is to have my own music studio. I pray the will of God, the will of God is this, that I have this. I hope, I wish, and I, I feel that this is the will. But I got to be a person to match where I want him to take me or hope that he takes me or plans to take me. So if I don't take care of the will of God for me as a man and I allow emotions, thoughts, whatever to kill the will of God for me to be a man. What's the will of God for a man and a woman? The will of God for a man, some basic stuff. You don't got to give me scriptures, just some common sense stuff. That's the will of God for a man or a woman, boy or girl, however you want to do it. Huh? For a man to stay a man. To a man, there we go. We it's crazy. We live in a society that we lost on that. The goal to be a man is to stay a man, right? Well, you'll always be a man, but holistically a man. So stay a man. What are some of the things about man, woman, boy, girl? It's the will of God for us. Say it again. Both. Either one. Either one you want to give me. Huh? Yeah, so an authority figure. Authority figure, what else? As a man or woman. Ladies, you can give me some input too. What do you think the will of God is for a man? We said he wanted to stay a man. <laughs> stay a woman. It's a good question. Yep. So the will of a man is to position himself to be a family man. The greatest thing a man can be, since we we talking men right now, is to position himself to be a family. Man. Why is that important? <clears throat> Why is it a man's ultimate objective to show or to be a family man? Why is that important? Man, so for instance, man, yeah, so his presence, what else? Why is being a family man important? Uh, priorities, too. Mm -hmm. priorities. priorities. That goes back, yeah. Because, I, say, I don't know if I said it in this class or another class, but if I get rid of the man, I get rid of the home. If I get rid of the home or the family unit, I get rid of the community. If I can get rid of the community, I can get rid of society. Why do you think they're after the man? Because the man is supposed to give the image of the father. And if the man <clears throat> is not like God, then the family won't be what God wanted to be. That's why God didn't come. Eve was the ultimate culprit based upon who ate first. Eve ate the fruit first. Why didn't God say Eve? Why didn't God judge Eve first, even though Eve acted first? Go ahead. Because he gave Adam the authority. He says, Adam, where are you? Because whatever I don't tend will end. That's why I'm always in my daughter's face. I'm always in my wife's face. I got to tend that garden. I got to tend that field. 
Because if I stop tending her and her to go tend my business only, I lose them. So, for instance, it'd be like I remember one time, I think last week, we, got, we didn't get into an argument. We just got into a misunderstanding. So, I come home, tired. <laughs> I'm talking about falling asleep, walking the stairs, tired, tired. And my wife, she had went to the grocery store and apparently she wanted to tell me about her experience, right? And then I'm nodding. <laughs> one thing about, one thing about, no offense to the ladies, they'll, see men, just give me the details. Give me the base, give me the top three details of what you're trying to tell me, right? Just give me the top three. First off, tell me if this is an emergency or not an emergency. Tell me if you're okay or not okay first, because if you don't tell me that first, now I'm I'm lost in your story. I'm like, should I feel sad? Like, it's like a movie. I'm like, should I be excited? Should I laugh? So she told me the story, and obviously my body language was off. <laughs> and then I got in my feelings because she was in her feelings because she was like, why you ain't listening? Oh, see, I see how I was like, look, man, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm tired. <laughs> I had a long day. <laughs> then she was like, don't worry about it. And I was like, man. I came back, I said, I'm sorry. I, I gotta, no matter how she feels or how she responds, I determine the temperature. So now I had to say, you know what? I better go fix this because if I don't tend this moment and pull the weed out of the situation, then I can't birth wheat out of the situation. There's two situations you get. You either get weeds or you get wheat. Now, what is a weed that can circle in her mind that was that would destroy the harvest for me through her. That I don't care. Now, if I don't take care of it right then, and I give her time to think about that thought, then the enemy says, "Oh, we got something." We say, "Fair." Huh? Oh, got. You. So if I don't tend that moment as the head of my home, then I'll just have a house. What's the worst thing? Having a house. Yeah, having a house is the worst thing. I don't want just a house to come to. Oh, I just have shelter. I want to come home to peace. Right? So as a man, yo, man, even if it's not my fault, even if I wasn't the first one to eat the fruit, I'm the head. And if I can't get ahead of this, as the head of this, then I will lose all of it, right? So, next position is father. I'm a father. Like, bro, game over. Father. Man, is it? Not in a bad way, but it's like, Yo, your mindset's different. Like, becoming a father right now just says, hey, I got legacy now. Like, it was just my legs and it was just my sight. But now I have a legacy being passed through a child. So being a father, I got to say, yo, I got to get, that's why I be wanting to hoot with y'all, man. I be wanting to hoot with y'all. But her bedtime, 630. You see what I'm saying? Y'all start hooping at 530. And y'all know y'all don't start hooping until about 6 or 7. And I got tired. I don't want to come home and she sleep because what happens when she don't see me? Because when I wake up in the morning, she sleep. If I come home, she sleep. She never see her father. That's why I, this past spring break, me, me and her have a, have, had a stronger bond because she saw me all day. We just got to the place where if, yes, my wife, she, my wife wanted to get out the other day. <laughs> and sometimes I was like, man, this might be a bad situation. I'm home alone with, with my baby. And uh, what if she start crying? <laughs> I, don't, I don't got nothing here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but if she want, I, what if, I know how to feed her the other ways, but I'm just saying like, you know. And so we sitting, we sitting on the bed, right? And, I, and 
30, 45 minutes go by. And she's looking out the window. And I'm just I'm just just chilling. And I was like, man, we bonding. We here. She not kicking, she not, ah, she she's she vibing because I saw her before she went to bed. See? Husband, I ain't gonna go through all the rest, but husband, man, yo, like before I was this, I was this. Before I was this, I was this. And before the rest of this, these two are the most important. Like, my, being a husband, man, one of the greatest experiences, man. Because now you like, man, this woman trusts me. So when she walked by me, I see, a, a, a figuratively, I see a jersey. Whatever her number is, she picked the number. But on the back of that jersey is my name. So what I'm trying to say about all this is that, what am I trying to say about all this? The will of God, before I get to the will of God for the place that I want to be, I got to be the will of God in every facet of the whole. So every young woman that says, I want to be a mother one day. I want to be a wife one day. You got to say, okay, if I want to be a wife, I have to change the way I live my life. If I want to be a mother, I got to make sure that I'm doing whatever it takes to position myself in what the word of God says about a woman, what the word of God says about a wife, what, a word, what the word of God says about a mother and for all the young men as well. And that's why Jesus was like, man, if, I, if there was safety in his will. See, the Bible, did, did they take his life or did he give his life? That's powerful, man. I want to die the day I say, here's my life. Boom. Y'all can have it. We're good. I'm done. We're good. I don't want to be in a position where someone takes my life or I take my life, whether initially or inevitably. How can you take your life inevitably? Huh? Inevitably means like, like it's, it's coming. Like I took my life. I didn't commit suicide. I just killed myself from the inside out is what I'm saying. So, friends, I got to change the way I eat. I got to change the way I exercise because I do not want my body to say we're done because you didn't take care of yourself. That's what I start thinking about your life right now, man. Like, what am I eating? What am I drinking? What am I doing? What's my sleeping habits? What's my stress habits? What are my thought habits? What are my feeling habits? Because those little bits, that's why you look at habits. Y'all like visual. So there's two words in habits. What are they? Bits and what else? Well, it's a word to a word, but there's bits. Uh-uh. Someone said it, right? Uh-uh. Huh? Uh-uh. It's, a, it's the, it's the uh, front words, front letters of a word. Huh? It's a word, it's a word that starts with H-A. Uh-uh. Nah. Uh uh. Oh Uh uh. I I gave you a hit. H A. That's the easiest head. That's, I can't go no further. I give it to give it away. Huh? Is it a four letter word? Happy letter word? Uh uh. Happy. Huh? Uh uh. Uh uh. What is it? What? Uh, bits, habits are little bits that make things happen. happen. Oh my God! Okay, that sense. It's not the see. People think it's the big, but it's the bits. 
People think the big things are what makes things happen. See, you, you can have the greatest shot in the world. You can have the greatest defense in the world. You can have the greatest, what's some other great things? You can be the most talented artist. You can be all those big things, but it's the bits of those things that makes big things happen. Do the big fox or the small fox spoil the vine? The small fox is spoiled of iron. Why, why do you think people who had farms and stuff like that were more afraid of the little foxes than the big foxes? People assume big foxes are, oh, we gotta watch out for those. Why the little foxes are the most dangerous? You can't see them, but what else? Sneaky, but what else? The little foxes spoil the vine. Why is, why is the vine being destroyed? More dangerous than the fruit being stolen by a big fox. Well, they can't reach it, so they buy that Uh huh. And what makes the vine more precious than the fruit? It will kill the fruit. Why would it kill the fruit? Because without the vine, there's no fruit. It's the producer. Is it the producer? Is it the pathway? Pathway. So, for instance, you ever slept on your arm? You woke up and your. Yeah, so vines are like veins, right? And so the little foxes ate at the vine, which hindered the nutrients or what the flower needed, right? So now all of a sudden, the farmer comes out and be like, man, we got rid of the big foxes, but why is my crop 50%? Why is my crop 35%? It's the little bits. Little foxes just getting, just getting it in on them little vines. You can't see... That it ate the vines because you be like, all I see is the fruit. That's why roots and vines are more important than the fruits and the branches. So you got vines, then you got uh, roots versus branches and roots. Look at that. Vines and roots are more important than branches and fruit. What are considered the branches, metaphorically, as far as human terms? What are the, what are, what are the branches? Yeah, yeah. What are the branches considered when it comes to humans? Uh-uh. You good, you good. I like them, you good. Branches. Look at the word branches. What's in the word branches? <laughs> I love my job. Branches. Anything that branches out. So what's some of the branches on a human? <laughs> so branches <laughs> represent us. Branches represent like whatever I'm reaching out to do. So a branch could be uh, reaching out. I'm branching out to be an artist or I'm branching out to be an author or I'm branching out to be an athlete, or I'm branching out to be whatever. What does the fruit represent? What does fruit represent in a, in a human's life? What they produce, yeah. So if I'm branching out to be an athlete, what is the fruit of an athlete, uh, athletic branch? Scholarships. Scholarships, what else? Yeah, scholarships. What else? Money. 
One more. Huh? Records. So you got records. You got what else? What else? What else other fruit of the tree? You said money. What else is a branch of the tree? Fame. What was the other thing we said with money? We said something else. Oh, scholarships. So now, you branched out to be an athlete. You got the records. You well, you got the money, you got the fame, you got the scholarships, you got the records. But what if you only focus on that side of the equation? What's going to inevitably happen? I was talking to the top 75 athletes. It was about six years ago, 2016, whatever, how many years ago that was. So I went to this camp. It was at, uh, uh, was it Philip O'Berry? It was at one of those schools out there where I'm at. And I was asked to speak. The video is online if you want to look at it. But I went to go speak. Top 75 um, uh, ball players, basketball players at the time. And we talked about how you can branch out all day and be an athlete. But if the fruit weighs more than the branch and these two can't be, don't have the roots to keep them, what's going to happen to the branch? It's going to break. So if you have a branch that's weak and you put a bunch of fruit on it and the fruit gets heavy for the branch, it breaks. That's why it is important to worry about these two more than you worry about these two because when you take care of these two, these two will last forever. So the Bible says, Jesus says, I am the what? Uh-uh. I am the, it's one of the I am's. I am the vine. My father's the vine dresser. Whoever abides in me and I in them will, will succeed, based what it's saying. But it says, if the vine, the vine, which is inside the branch, which is inside the uh, branch, right? If the vine is strong, the branch should be strong. But if I don't pray, if I don't read, if I don't spend time with God, if I keep sinning, then it, just like when you sleep on your arm and your arm go numb and you can't use your arm, what happens to the branch if the vine is cut off? The divine, that's, I, love, I love the double. Divine, which is God, which is also divine as far as divinity. If that's cut off, what happens to the branch? It stops working. And if the branch stops working, what else stops working? The fruit. So now you, the fame, the scholarship, everything begins to fall off because you're not in the divine. And you're not rooted. Roots represent what? Foundation. Do you see the foundation of a house? No. What, you, what do you see typically at a house driving by? Like you was driving by, uh, you was in uh, by Sharon Road. Because I know that, that, everybody know that house. That house with all that yard in front of it. All that yard. You was coming from either South Park or Whole Foods or something, right? What you saw in the house? Describe what you saw in the house for those who didn't see. You like the house? That was pretty. You know, I saw the house when I was a kid. That house is old. And it still is great, right? But what's the most important thing about that house that you didn't see? The foundation. The foundation. They say that if an inspector comes to that house and they see a crack in the foundation, the whole house is in inhabitable. One crack in the foundation, why? If there's a crack in the foundation, what can happen? It can become unstable. So the house 
is built and it doesn't crack in the foundation here. Because what happens when a rock hits a, uh, a windshield? No, no, no. Not shatters, but you see like a little speck. Yeah. And then what happens if you don't treat that windshield? That crack gets bigger and bigger. So if I have a small crack in my foundation, it's going to erode. And then this part of the house, in your bedroom here, you lie down, listen to music. All it takes is one look, and now this whole house is, comes down. So imagine building your whole life on a foundation with cracks. What crack is in your life right now? Slowly corroding your foundation. That's going to make your life uninhabitable. That's why I had to get the cracks out of my life. Because now I have a wife. I had to get the cracks out of my life. Because I have a daughter. And one thing I don't want to happen is that the crack in my foundation causes all of them to fall. We've seen situation after situation where a man marries a woman, starts a family, or vice versa, and then they have a crack in their foundation, and then what happens to the family? So you have a dad, you have a mom, and you have two kids. If there is a crack in the foundation, what can happen? A split. No matter where the crack is, it causes the family house to come down. Well, you crack or a line or whatever. So you got to think about the crack in your foundation. And you don't got to smoke crack to have cracks. You don't got to do drugs to have cracks. You don't got to do nothing significant. You can just have a hidden sin. That's cracking you from within, making you inhabitable, inhabitable as a husband, as a wife, as a mother, as an entrepreneur. But there's one foundation if you build your life on that no matter what happens, you solid. Any questions, thoughts, comments? One takeaway I want you to get when you leave here is that the little bits make big happenings. It's not the big things you do that make big happenings. It's a little bit. Anything y'all got from this? What's one thing y'all got from today's talk? Anybody? It could be anything. We get three people, we'll be done. That's right. That's a will for everything you are in your life. Two more. The vines are more important. That's good. Yep. Both of those are really good. Yes, sir. That's right. That's right. Go ahead, fam. Yeah. Good stuff, y'all. Everybody else? Everybody good? All right, we're done.